I'm Bob Main. I carry a gun because I can't carry a cop. Welcome to another episode of the Handgun World Podcast. And welcome to episode 570. This is a practical show done by a practical guy, and that is me. Today is Sunday, October 31st, 2021. And thank you for tuning in, folks. This show is brought to you by Keepers Concealment, the leading authorities on appendix carry. Appendix carry is so popular these days. If you carry your handgun in the appendix carry position, check out Keepers concealment not only does spencer keepers do classes on appendix carry but he makes the best products in the world for appendix carry and i own them and i'm a huge believer and don't forget to sign up for ccw safe he's also an affiliate for ccw safe legal protection for all concealed carriers Check it out. In the show notes, I'm going to have Keeper's Concealment, CCW Safe, link. KC10OFF gets you a 10% discount at CCW Safe. In that link, you'll also see all the really cool products, Keeper's Holsters, the Errand Holsters, Cornerstone Holsters. Check them out, keepersconcealment.com. Spencer's also been a guest, and he's also contributed to both the Shooters Club and my Patreon page. Well, this week, listeners speak, and that's what I want to talk about. Some listener voicemails and one listener email. I really enjoy it, folks, when you, the listener, send me feedback. This show is all about you. It's it's not about me. I've said that many times. I'm just kind of a conduit of information. It's about you. It's about what you think, what is it that you learn, some comments you have, because collectively our knowledge base is huge. And collectively, you folks, your knowledge, you can blow the doors off of whatever it is that I say. So I've got a couple of good voicemails. I'm going to talk about an email. And then the second half of this episode will be dedicated to another subject besides listener feedback. So remember, these voicemails come from probably one, two, maybe three episodes back. So if you need to, go back and listen to my last two or three episodes if you haven't already. Let's get to the very first listener voicemail. Hey, Bob. One of your loyal listeners, I don't really need my name out there for this, but just listened to you yesterday, your Sunday podcast, and noticed about the business about being asked for your vaccine credentials. And uh, in a uh, email, I got advice from a friend that you know said, well, if they ask you for that, you probably ought to say, well, you know what, I probably need to see everybody's vaccine credentials that's uh, working in the restaurant that could be potentially handling my food. I also need to know what their latest uh, drug tests were, uh, toxicology, HIV status, hepatitis vaccination status, and whether they've been vaccinated against 
flu vaccine and ask them to produce that information if you want to mess with them. Obviously, not doing that, you know, wouldn't do that with your boss there. I don't know what his story would be, but that's what I might do uh, if I uh, have a proper moment. And just like you, you can't always think of the best stuff to do at the time. And on your way out of there, thinking, oh, man, I should have done this. But thanks for the podcast. We should not put up with this baloney. It looks like there's enough people standing up to it that maybe we can put an end to it with all of the uh, police departments, airline pilots, et cetera, that are declining uh, the opportunity to get vaccinated. Have a great day. Stay safe. And don't make the news is what I tell everybody. Thanks. Bye-bye. Okay, thank you, sir. He's responding to about a couple of episodes back when I gave out my personal story about being asked for a vaccination card to eat in a restaurant. Now, sir, I appreciate your voicemail. You bring up really good points. And again, I didn't think about it at the time. But just like the restaurants don't want to be around unvaccinated people, Well, maybe did they ever stop to think that maybe the people that are coming to the restaurant also don't want to be around unvaccinated people. And none of the staff working the restaurant ever showed me their vaccine card. They didn't do that. Now, I know what they're doing. They're complying with the mayor. Uh, At that time, it was New Orleans. They were complying with the mayor's order to require vaccine cards to be shown. If you're going to eat inside of a restaurant in downtown New Orleans, especially the French Quarter. Now, that's the business's choice to comply. They don't have to comply, but it's their choice. This is something that I've been thinking about as as divulging, I mean, as going into this issue about divulging your vaccine records when asked. Now, again, I'm not trying to get political. Please, please, please don't think I'm trying to get political. Think about something. How many of you know what the HIPAA law is? H-I-P-A-A, HIPAA. HIPAA is an acronym that stands for Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act. It's a law, a U.S. law, established in 1996 under President Clinton. The law impacts the way healthcare providers and all businesses associated with the healthcare industry including health insurance providers, it limits what they can share and it must secure an individual's health care information. Think about that. HIPAA is all about to protect the privacy of a patient. It's intended to govern the behavior of providers, insurance, and other health care professionals. But they do have this, this law did have a huge impact on patients. So if it was designed to govern the behavior of providers and insurance companies and healthcare professionals, what about the government? Does, it also, does HIPAA also exist to protect or to lim- limit or restrict the behavior of government? See, it's government that's breaking the HIPAA laws. All right. Basically, HIPAA, the HIPAA law that President Clinton signed in 1996, Congress passed it, Clinton signed it. It's it's basically to give us more privacy over our health care records. 
Asking me for a vaccine card to eat in your restaurant is asking me to divulge my health care records. Okay, the vaccines I get, those are health care records. How secure is it when I have to show that in general public just to be able to eat at a place or fly on an airline or if I'm, well, not to fly right now, but if let's say I go to work somewhere. And I have to show my, I have to show my health care record to to work at an establishment. Isn't that a violation of the HIPAA law? Isn't the government, city, state, local, federal, aren't these governments violating President Clinton's HIPAA law? Okay, think about that. So. You know, this caller brought up a good point, but also nobody has mentioned until I mentioned it now, or at least none of my listeners have mentioned it, that it's a violation of the HIPAA law and and should not be allowed just on that grounds right there. You know, forget politicizing this, whether you think the vaccine is good or whether it's not, or whether you think it's something that the government uh, should push or not. The, the vaccine records should be disqualified from being seen by anybody except for you and your healthcare professional simply based on our HIPAA law that we have had in place since 1996. So they would probably think it's ludicrous and when I say they if I follow what this caller said, which which is a great call, by the way. Thank you very much, sir, for calling it in. The staff at the restaurant or, or the staff anywhere would probably think it's ludicrous if I asked them for a bunch of their health care records. But really, that's what they're asking me for. They're asking me for a health care record. And any place that's going to demand a vaccine card to either patronize their business or work in their establishment. I vehemently disagree that that requirement should be there. I don't think we should be required to do it. But if you're going to require it for somebody to come to your business and patronize your business and be a customer, or if you're going to require it for them to work, then shouldn't you as the staff or a manager or an owner of that establishment, shouldn't you be posting your vaccine card for all to see shouldn't they be doing that and they probably are going to say well you know what that's private information well if that's private information for them it's also private information for us and it should be nobody's business who took the vaccine other than yours and your families and your healthcare professional simple as that do we want to go down the road of making public our health care records without them being secure and without giving permission i don't know about you i've been through a lot of medical treatment in the past seven years you guys know what kind of medical treatment and i signed so many hipaa forms i mean it's unbelievable how many HIPAA forms stating that I acknowledge the HIPAA law and that I understand what it means. And they asked me for permission 
to share my records with other doctors, other healthcare professionals that were involved in my care. So then, shouldn't that same standard be applied to vaccine cards? Well, I'd like to know if you differ. If you think that this is not a violation of the HIPAA law, I, I would love to hear it. You, you know, folks, I always welcome feedback. If you want to disagree with me, great. If you want to agree with me, great. If you want to take a position somewhere in between, great. Just lay it all out. Give me the facts. Give me the Give me your reasoning. Make it well thought out. Call into my voicemail, 210-646-1727, 210-646-1727. Let's hear about it. Let's hear about it. You're going to have to make it you know, short and sweet. It's going to cut you off after about three minutes, but let's hear about it. Or send me an email, handgunworld at gmail.com, handgunworld at gmail.com. Okay, time for the next voicemail, a question specifically about guns. Hey, Bob, it's Jonathan Gennick here from the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Really enjoyed your show on uh, balance this evening. Now, I don't have enough handgun experience to have encountered one yet where I just hate the balance, but on rifles I sure do. The uh, Ruger PCC 9mm carbine chassis edition, uh, that one feels like someone hung a cinder block on the muzzle. I lightened it up a little bit using a carbon fiber handguard, but it's so off that I sometimes have wondered if I could like add weight to the uh, to the stock itself to balance it out a little bit. Um, so yeah, I get what you're saying completely. It's definitely more fun to shoot uh, the rifles that have better balance front and back. Okay, thanks so much. I always enjoy your podcast. I listen to everyone. Thanks a lot. Bye. Thank you, Jonathan. You see, my experience is opposite of yours. I have a lot of experience with handguns being out of balance and trying to shoot them. While, Jonathan, your experience is with rifles and not so much handguns. In your case, a pistol caliber carbine. So he kind of validated my point from last week's episode about balance. If a gun doesn't balance and, and actually, if it's not, if it's out of balance, it's going to be difficult for you to handle more difficult and I think that affects accuracy and then sometimes it affects the overall performance and may even affect the reliability if it's difficult for you to handle so this is a good call now what comes to mind for me I'm gonna I'm gonna name some guns that for me just are pretty much out of balance they're very top heavy. Um, almost all of the SIG P320 series, most of them feel top heavy to me except for the compacts. The compacts seem just right. Now maybe it's just the style of a compact gun. Maybe it's just that size that's just right for me. But other full-size guns, they don't feel unbalanced. Like 1911s, for example. 1911s, most of them feel pretty well balanced to me. They don't seem to be top heavy or front heavy. Some of the Walther guns like the five inch Walthers, I've, I've had a chance to shoot those and especially some of the competition models, man, they're, they're just, they feel just too, way too heavy. Uh, the SIG 
I mentioned this last time. SIG P226 style guns. I, that was the first pistol I ever owned, folks, was a P226 9mm. Loved it. Loved that gun. Sort of wish I still had it. My big criticism of that gun is it felt top-heavy and front-heavy. That That's just kind of the way it is. Uh, for me, anyway, it's what it feels like. Any revolver that's got a 6-inch barrel or longer, they just feel front-heavy. That's That's been my experience with them. I used to, at one time, I had a 5-inch M&P pistol, 9mm. That one just felt... Way too top-heavy and front-heavy. Now, the the new M&P 2.0, 9mm compact, perfect balance. It's perfect. So is the 320, the SIG 320X compact. Perfect balance. My Shadow Systems MR920, perfect. Even the DR920 seems to balance a lot better than a Glock 17, which it kind of mimics the Glock 17. I had a chance to spend some time shooting a huge H&K 45 uh, auto. And I, I can't remember which H&K model it was. It was a semi-automatic 45 H&K. That thing was way out of balance. Very top-heavy gun. It was a polymer frame. So I, I just think that... I think it's a big deal. It does affect performance. And I noticed the manufacturer's are trying to lighten slides a lot. And one of the reasons I think they're trying to lighten slides is specifically for the balance issue. It's easier for the shooter to control. I think it helps with, with accuracy. Certainly helps with concealed carry. Big time. If you're going to carry a large gun and the slide's been lightened and it's much more in balance, it just makes it easier also to carry. But primarily when you're shooting it, it makes it easier to handle Physics takes over. The more slide mass, the more front end barrel mass that you have, it, the harder I think it's going to be to handle it effectively. Especially with semi-automatic pistols. The, the heavier the slide is that's slamming back every time you fire a gun, that's just that's a lot more for you to have to muscle and to hold into place while you're shooting it. One of the reasons some guns shoot really flat like my Shadow Systems pistols is because the slide has been lightened nicely and they don't sacrifice reliability but the slide uh, just when it's when it's slamming back and forth especially under rapid fire it doesn't feel that bad. I'm telling you my my um, my Glock 34 slide seems to be much more heavier than the Shadow Systems uh, DR920. Much heavier. And that's even that's a third gen Glock 34 with the slide lightning cut in it. There are some small guns out there that feel kind of top heavy. My SIG P365 XL. That just feels a little bit top heavy. Now it's an overall light gun so it's relatively easy still to to shoot well and I can shoot it effectively and that's because it to begin with it's a it's a small gun it's not a big huge full-size gun to begin with and so that's a plus okay so great call I appreciate the voicemail Jonathan and 
it, this this applies the the balance and the fit and the feel also applies to carbines as well and i think uh, that's important and thank you for sharing that information these have been a couple of very good voicemails keep them coming folks next i want to talk about an email i recently received i don't get a chance to talk about every single email that I get, but there are some that just kind of grab my attention in a certain way, and I like to talk about them. This one comes from Richard. I'm not going to use the last name, but Richard said, I've been listening to your show, Bob, for many years, mostly today's survival show that I used to do years back, but also I listened to your Handgun World podcast, and he said, the Christian tone of your work always underlines the content in a very constructive way. Thank you, Richard. I've listened to your shows while you went through some very trying times with health issues for you and your wife and your family and have been with you silently. Richard, thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. He has an observation about last week's episode 569, Handgun Balance and Minimalism. The balance segment he found interesting something he hadn't thought about. But he said that he had a, a, a concern or a question. And that is, should I sell an appreciating asset for a depreciating asset? Well, see, folks, generally I would never advocate that. If something's appreciating, I would never say for financial reasons that you do that. It doesn't make any sense. Many assets we have are depreciating. Think about that. A lot of us have depreciating assets like automobiles, for example. Very rarely do cars appreciate in value. They almost always depreciate in value. So should you sell off a car that's depreciating to get out from debt? If you can, I would say absolutely. But Richard brings up the example my 2007 truck has increased in value over the last several years by about $4,000. Meanwhile, those dollars are depreciating at an accelerating rate. I could sell or park that money in an investment where it would keep up with inflation, but then there's the threat of confiscation of bank holdings by a tyrannical government, etc., etc. Well, here's the thing. There is no one-size-fits-all in this subject. If, if you have an older vehicle that is worth more money and you have it paid off and you're using that vehicle on a daily basis, well, then don't, don't sell it if you're using it because it's much better to have the older paid off vehicle than go into car payments and debt on a newer vehicle. But if you have some, I believe if you have an old vehicle, you got, if you have more vehicles than what you actually need, at the time, yeah, I would say turn that turn that asset into money. And even if you don't invest that money, if you buy something else that you're going to be using, that's going to be a much more immediate need for you, then that might be a, a good idea. Right now, a used car may not be the greatest example because most almost all of them are at a premium price. There's a huge shortage of used cars right now, a shortage of just about everything, but a shortage of new vehicles and used vehicles have jumped way up in, in value. So 
maybe right now today it's probably less of a good idea to sell off a good quality used vehicle that you're using I have as I mentioned I have three good quality in great condition used paid off vehicles all three of them and I use them so I'm not going to sell them but the point that I was making last week is that I had guns I had guns sitting in a safe that I was not using the key words not using very much and I felt it was a prudent decision not only financially but also practically because as you know I'm a practical guy I put that money into other things that I needed at the time ammo is one of the things that I needed at the time and speaking of ammo I recently found some CCI blazer brass 9mm at Academy Sports and Outdoors for about 36 cents a round so I got the limit and so that's kind of that's kind of pretty good if you catch stores when they have it in stock or online merchants you can get it this is brass it's not cheap steel ammo it's brass ammo you know 36 cents around is a heck of a lot better than it was a year ago right and the availability seems to be getting better so while we can uh, it's a good investment and I would say don't sit and wait for it to come down to 20 cents or 17 cents around like it used to be for nine millimeter if you if you got the money and you can find it like I did for 36 cents get it and uh, get the limit that you can purchase at a time and if you can purchase a case purchase a case of a thousand stock up on it because uh, hopefully we've all learned our ammo lesson so stock up on it so back to Richard's email thank you sir I appreciate that he also expressed some concern in his email about if you sell guns or ammo who are you selling it to well think about this we have a legal way of selling guns and you can sell it the legal way you can either sell it through a dealer you can trade it in to a dealer or you can sell it the you could sell it you know through uh, an auction site and and the, the buyer's going to have to pass an FFL background check, um, a, 40, a federal background check, excuse me, a NICS background check. I misspoke. Uh, filling out a 4473 form and everything. So, you know, selling it uh, that way, you can make sure that it's not going to somebody who's going to be nefarious, who's going to have bad intentions, you know, who wants to do something bad with the gun. Don't listen to what the anti-gun socialist liberals say that oh my god you know I, I remember one time Barack Obama said something like it was uh, easier to buy a Glock than it was to buy a textbook or he said some stupid thing like that and that, I mean that's just so far stupid that it's not even funny it's it's not easy to buy a Glock uh, or any kind of a handgun you gotta pass a background check so I mean, that's just that's just dumb. Now, if he's talking about the the gangbangers on the streets, yeah, the gangbangers can get a Glock as, as easily as they want because they're criminals, because they're doing it in a criminal way, because they're a bunch of gangsters, and they don't obey laws. 
So the gangsters are not going to care about laws. They're not going to get a background check to get their gun. They're going to get it from their gangster buddies on the street. So if that's what people are talking about, well, there's not much that we can do to stop that. Except figure out how to put all the gangsters in jail and lock the doors and throw away the key, right? But that's just not practical. So that's why this is why citizens, this is why law-abiding, freedom-loving citizens need to take care of their own safety because there are gangsters out there and there are thugs and there are criminals out there that are getting guns as easily as they wish. And there's not much we're going to do to stop that except defend ourselves against that. So if I sell a gun, I sell it the correct way. I sell it to somebody that either has a Texas license to carry. If they have a Texas license to carry, guess what? That means that they have been background checked a lot, a whole lot. And they've paid for a class and they've paid uh, the money to the instructor and they've paid the fee to the state and they've passed a shooting test and they've passed a test and they've gone through so many background checks it's unbelievable so that's pretty much the proper way to sell a firearm if i sell a firearm firearm to a dealer if i if i trade it in at a, at a gun dealer well the gun dealer is going to when they resell that gun i mean they're going to properly first of all they're going to log that in to their inventory the proper and legal way and then when they resell it they're going to sell it the proper and legal legal way and the new buyer is going to have to have a background check so i'm not richard i'm not really too worried about who am i selling guns to if if i should happen to sell one of mine and again i'm not a dealer every once in a while i just sell something out of my personal collection and i don't do that very often but what I'm telling you is if it's done the right way, 99.8% of the time, it's going to be sold to a law-abiding citizen. Anyway, Richard, I very much appreciate you listening to me over the years. I, I hope that you still do. I very much thank you for writing this email to me and your feedback. It means a lot. And to all of you who listen to my show, your feedback means a lot to me. So please keep it coming. Voicemail again, 210 646 1727 handgunworld at gmail.com is the best email to reach me. And please keep the feedback coming. Now, this next segment is brought to you by Concealment Solutions. They are makers of some of the best holsters. And, and you know, I have two holster makers that are sponsors. And both of them, they differentiate themselves. Concealment Solutions their specialty, their absolute specialty, are inside the waistband, particularly hybrid holsters, and also outside the waistband, all Kydex holsters and competition gear. I own all of those. I, I own their inside the waistband. I own their outside the waistband. I own their competition gear. And what's often not said about concealment solutions is their belts are fantastic. I wore one of their belts today. And their belts are, they're concealed carry belts. They're real belts. And if you need, even if you need a good looking leather belt, um, they have good leather belts. They have horse hide belts and everything that look very professional. They look excellent, but yet they are concealed carry belts. So check them out. 
concealmentsolutions.com and the coupon code handgunworld gets you a 10% discount there. concealmentsolutions.com and the coupon code handgunworld. Okay, I want to wrap up the show by talking a little bit about prepping and modern survival as I like to do. And I think and I have to regrettably say this but I think America, most of my listeners are American but I do want to take this time to give a big shout out to my international listeners. I got listeners from all over the world. Uh, I can tell by where the downloads come from. They come from Japan. They come from a lot of them from Europe. Uh, some come from the Philippines. I get some that come from Caribbean countries. Uh, a couple of well, actually, there's probably about probably about twenty twenty five to maybe fifty. I get a lot of different downloads that are coming from Germany. I'm getting thousands of downloads coming from the United Kingdom. I get several other thousand that come from Australia. So thank you for all the international listeners out there. I appreciate it. I know that many of you who are listening outside of the United States, you don't have some of the gun freedom laws that we have here in America. And it really does make us take take for granted the rights that we have here in America. Don't you think? Hey, all you Americans... My fellow Americans, don't you think we take it for granted? Uh, check out some of the gun laws in other countries. Matter of fact, some of you from other countries, I'd like to hear from you. Talk about some of the challenges that you have in owning firearms. I think a lot of us here in America would be educated by that. But I have to say, and I'm trying to be positive, but I regrettably think that the USA is probably one of the countries that's going to do the most falling in the next 15 to 20 years than any other countries. A lot of other countries out there, they've they've already fallen. And when I say fallen, I mean they're hanging on by a thread to exist and their populations, their citizenry, unfortunately, are hanging on by threads just to survive. And it's a shame. It really is. It's a shame. And unfortunately, unless some things change, it looks like America might be headed in that direction. I hope it takes a long time. I hope it takes a real long time. I hope it never happens. But it just it's tough to see this going a different direction the way it's going right now, especially from a personal liberty standpoint, the loss of the personal liberty. You know, I heard somebody today talk about America being this great democracy. And Ladies and gentlemen, America is not a great democracy. We are a representative republic. We're not really a democracy. And I think, first of all, it, it starts with getting terminology right and really understanding what we have. A democracy and a repre representative republic are, are different things. As a matter of fact, they're a lot more different than you think. In a representative republic, it's exactly what it says it is representatives represent a constituent of constituency of people and they are supposed to do what their constituency wants them to do now we know that they don't often do that whereas in a, in a democracy pretty much majority rules and unfortunately we uh that that's a that's actually a bad way because the you know majority rules can get it wrong a lot 
I think they can get it wrong a whole lot. And a representative democracy that works, a representative republic, why did I say democracy? (laughs) Shouldn't have said that. A representative republic that works the way it's supposed to work is a really good system. The challenge is our republic here in America is not working the way it's supposed to. And unfortunately, it seems to be turning more into a majority and chaos rules country. Chaos rules. Mayhem rules. The non-majority rules over the majority because we've developed an elite class of people. And these elite class are the representatives in our republic. And unfortunately, they have become so elitist that they don't care about the citizenry that put them in power. And then unfortunately, we have a lot of people in the citizenry that really are so ignorant that they just keep voting for these elitists. And then recently, we basically just got introduced into America, something that did not exist too much in other countries, and that is blatant fraud. So some fraud's been going on because the human nature, uh, you know, Richard, my emailer, said that the Christian undertone of my podcast is prevalent. Well, yeah, it's prevalent because I'm a Christian. I've said that many times. I'm a believer in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And the thing is, is we've had we've had an elitist class that does not believe in values. And you don't have to be a Christian. I mean, if you're Jewish and you listen to this show, fine. If you're a Muslim and you listen to this show, that's fine. If you're a Hindu, you listen to this show, that's okay. I'm not putting a religious uh, uh, requirement for you to be a listener and participate because the Second Amendment applies to everybody. It doesn't matter what your race is or your religion or your creed or anything like that. The Second Amendment's about the right to life. Now, you know, here in America, a lot of people use the right to life message for a different reason. They use it for the abortion message. I'm not using it that way, although I do believe in that that every human being has a right to life. I use the right to life message to also, in addition to the abortion argument, I use it this way. You have a right to life. You have a right to protect your life. You have a right to protect your life from somebody who wants to take your life away. And the best way, one of the best ways for you to do that is with a gun or with some real good training. If all you have is a knife, take a Tom Sotis class on knife fighting skills. If all you have is less lethal methods like pepper spray or mace or whatever, take a class on how to use that. Your training and the weapons you have available to you also help you protect your right to life, does it not? So I really think that's what this is all about. And unfortunately, here in America, with the way things are going, that right to life, a lot of the elitists in this representative republic don't believe that you have that right to preserve 
your life. It's sad, but it's true. Now, they believe in their right to protect their elitist life, but they don't believe that you, paltry, ordinary citizens, have that right because you're just a bunch of peasants. You're just a bunch of paltry people that, with no education and you don't know what you're doing and you don't have a clue what's going on out there, so the elitists say, well, okay, we'll think for you. And we have amassed power, and we've managed to get elected in these, this representative republic that is here in America. And so since we've managed to usurp the system, that we're in control, and we know best. And this is not, this is not a conservative versus liberal argument. This is not a Republican versus Democrat argument. It's not any of that. I'm not trying to make political arguments like this. I'm just saying it's a reality argument. It's a human argument because no matter what you believe in, there are people on both sides, conservative and liberal, that are elitists. They are power hungry and they believe that they should be making decisions for you. And there's a very small handful in this representative republic, a very small handful of people that still believe that the citizens have their own right to make decisions that's best for them. And so they're working in government to try to preserve that right. But they're so few and far between that unfortunately the elitists have gotten out of control. And where does this end? I don't know. Because all countries out there, all civilizations that have allowed the elitists to take over so much power and make decisions, it normally does not work out well. That normally does not work out very well. I pray every day that America does not go down this path and that we permanently don't destroy ourselves. But let's see where that goes because it kind of seems that that's where it's going. And again, I want to appeal right now to everybody, no matter what your political, your political persuasion or your political ideas are, no matter which one, no matter which direction, right, left, in the center, libertarian, whatever, your freedoms are being threatened. If you go to a place and they say, can I see your papers, please? I think your, liberty, your liberties are being threatened. Are they not? And you know how many people are willing to go along with all this? I've had so many comments on social media. Wow, what's wrong with you, Bob? You know, just... Just shut up. Just show your card and enjoy your meal at the restaurant and don't worry about it. They're going along with this stuff. They say, oh, that's okay. That's okay. As I mentioned before, it was my choice to get the vaccine. I don't want anybody forcing me to get the vaccine. I chose it. Me and my doctors, my competent doctors who know my health history very, very well, we got together we discussed it. I made the decision. And it was not forced upon me, should not be forced 
upon me. And if you get together with your health care provider and you decide the vaccine is not for you, then don't take it. Then or anything. I mean, it's not just about COVID vaccinations. A lot of people do not take treatment for many other medical conditions because they don't believe in it or or they and their doctors together don't believe in it. That's a person's choice. There are a lot of people that would not go through what I went through to fight the cancer that I was able to fight with God's help. I had to go through an autologous stem cell transplant. They used my own stem cells in my body at the time. Uh, They did not use embryonic stem cells. They used my own. But a lot of people still wouldn't go through that. A lot of people would not go through that kind of treatment. They would just choose not to. That's their choice. It was my choice to go through that treatment. And it worked out for me. Okay, but I had that right. And that freedom should be preserved. Uh, And unfortunately, I think... We're going down the wrong path with that. What do you think? Tell me. I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. Once again, voicemail 210-646-1727, 210-646-1727. You can always put comments on Facebook, Twitter, MeWe, Parlor. I put out threads for each of these shows on those Sites, you can also leave me an iTunes review, or I guess I should call it Apple Podcasts now. It's a habit for me to call it iTunes because I called it that for so many years. But on Apple Podcasts, you can throw reviews on there. Most of the podcast programs give you the opportunity to review. So how about some reviews? I'd like to get those. You can go to handgunworld.com. You can put a review there. You can also find my Amazon store. You can support this show through Amazon, and you can also become a Patreon. I've been getting a lot of Patreons lately for as little as $3 a month. How about that? Three bucks. Help keep this podcast going. Help me keep on going and doing this, and you're going to get a benefit. You're not just handing over three bucks a month for no reason. You're getting some real good content, customized podcasts, customized videos just for Patreon members. Check it out, patreon.com slash handgunworld. Links will be in the show notes for all of these. So that's it. That's what I got for you this week. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Bob Main. You just listened to another episode of the Handgun World Podcast. Remember, shoot straight, shoot safe, read your Bible every day, and I'll talk to you next week. Goodbye.